I'm Jonathan Ruth. I'm the V Group's pastor here at Village. Uh, Eric is away in Israel right now, so he will be back after next week. But um, this morning, I wanted to talk to you about lists. Lists. Any of you guys, are you guys list makers? Do I have any list makers out there? I know my wife got her hand raised. Yeah, so some, sometimes we make lists. You know, uh, my wife, I think, gets from her dad, who, uh, you know, it's great. When we go on vacation as a family, they get, like, those long legal pads, you know, and, like, fill up two lines on two pages of legal pads, um, you know, listing out all the things that we need to take on vacation. And uh, I think that's where my wife gets it from. But some of you guys might be list makers. And uh, do you guys love it when you make a grocery list and then when you get to the store, you realize you forgot it at home? Isn't that the best? Yeah. So, and you have two options at that point. You know, option number one would be to say, you know, I'm going to test my memory today and I'm going to see if I can remember all the groceries on my list. Does that seem to work out for you guys? never works out for me. I always forget something like dog food, right? You always forget the dog food. I don't know why. And your second option would be to, uh, to call your spouse and say, hey, uh, could you uh, text me a picture of the list? Have y'all done that before? Yeah, isn't it great? I mean, all this technology we have now, we can just send our spouse a picture of the list. That way we have it when we're shopping. Well, today I wanted to share with you a bit of a list, a checklist, really, of some things that I feel like it's important for us to, to focus on in the new year. And I'm hoping that, you know, it might be some things that you want to write down, some things you need to be seeking in 2018. And our passage for today is from Psalms 25. So if you guys want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalm 25, uh, this psalm is written by David. And he starts in verse 1 by saying, Lord, I, uh, I lift up my soul. I lift up my soul. So what does that mean, to, to lift up your soul? I mean, have you guys ever done that? You like say, here is my soul, I lift it up. I, I don't think that's really what it's talking about literally doing, right? What David is saying is he wants the desire of our soul. He wants us to direct our desire towards God. All right? So he should be the desire of our heart and soul. And these verses that follow, uh, we're going to be particularly in verses 4 through 7, give us a little bit of a checklist of how we can do that, how we can direct our desire towards God in 2018. So if you want to follow along with me, um, Psalm 25, verses 4 through 7, it says, Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. So this psalm is one of lament, and that just simply means that it was written uh, to express some grief or some sorrow, uh, a troubling time that David in particular, who wrote this, was, was going through. So he was expressing that sorrow, but at the same time, he was also expressing his faithfulness in God. He, he knew that God was big enough to handle these things that were happening in his life, okay? So he was directing his confidence towards the Lord. And an interesting side note about Psalm 25, it was actually written as an acrostic. 
So an acrostic is when you take the letters of the alphabet and each verse actually corresponds, the first letter of each verse starts with each successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Obviously, it doesn't show up here because this is English translation, but if you look back at the Hebrew, it's, it's set up like an acrostic. So interestingly enough, I think David was a list person too, don't you think? Maybe a little bit of an obsessive-compulsive list maker like my wife, but uh, you know, still, he was still a pretty cool list maker. But there's some important things that I want us to see from this scripture that I want us to hone in on for our new year, some key factors they're going to help us decide what we need to be spending our, our time and our energy and our resources on over the next 12 months. And the first thing I want us to have on our checklist is to seek God's way. Seek God's way. Look at verse 4. It says, Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. So what David's saying is here, he wants to know God's ways and learn the paths that God has laid out for his life. He's, he's simply seeking the Lord's guidance in his life. And this seems to have become kind of a, a foreign concept to us today, to, to actually go to the Lord and ask him, Lord, what direction would you like my life to take? What path is it that you've laid out for me? All right, What purposes would you like for me to accomplish with this life that you've given me, right? Um, when's the last time you've honestly sat down and, and prayed to God about that? I know for me, that, you know, it's, it's not often enough, you know, to pursue the Lord's direction in my life. So I think all of us would be quicker um, to do something like ask, ask our phones, like ask Siri, you know, what, what it is we should do with our day, or, or, you know, how do we get from point A to point B the quickest way? Um, oh, have you guys heard this one? Let me see if I can get it to do it. Hey Siri, what's zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies, and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends. Have you heard that one before? So, series life lessons, you know what I'm saying? Okay, but how crazy is that? We're more willing to, to go to our phone and, and ask what to do with our lives than we are to go to the God who created the human being with the intelligence to create the phone or the computer or whatever it is, you know? And it's really kind of futile when you think about living life without God's direction, without His purposes in mind. And Paul talks about this in um, 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 26. He says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't want to run like someone running aimlessly. I don't want to fight like a boxer beating the air. So are you guys running the race of life aimlessly? Are you, are you just beating the air in futility? You know, because uh, you know, we want to live our life in a manner that's pleasing to God. That's what David was saying. He was like, he was wanting to know what God's life for him would look like. You know, I was watching a, a pre-fight show with... Um, about Ronda Rousey. You guys know the name, UFC fighter, possibly one of the greatest female fighters of all time. Um, but she, it was talking about how she trained six days a week at five different gyms for her fights. That's a lot of training. 
That is a heck of a lot of training, okay? So she would, she would go to one gym for boxing, one for wrestling, one for judo, you know, whatever she needed to train on for that particular fight. She would be training six days a week. Now, what if she did that, but she never took a fight? Could you imagine training all that time and never actually following through with fighting somebody to try to win a belt? I mean, that's the purpose, right? And we do the same thing. We, we, we just beat the air of life, hoping something's going to come of it. But it never happens because we're not focused on what God's path for our life is. So don't make the mistake of beating the air of life never f- to fulfill any purpose. Ask him to show you what his path and his way for your life is. And he'll guide you. He'll lead you to make him the desire of your heart. David uh, said of God in verse 2, he said, Oh my God, let me not be put to shame. So what did he mean by that, be put to shame? Well, David was saying, look, I don't want it to be brought to, to the public light that I ever put my hope in something other than God because he is the only one worth putting our hope in, right? And the people of Israel got into trouble with that a lot. They put their hope in things like their own good deeds. They put their hope in you know, their own self-righteousness, But we saw that fail time and time again. Paul talks about this in Romans 9.31. He says, The people of Israel who pursued the law as a way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but uh, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it's written, See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. You see, God's way, his path, is one of righteousness. It's one of holiness, but it's not one that we can attain on our own. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can have that righteousness, and it's gifted to us through Jesus. He is the stone. He is the rock whose ways are perfect. And when we follow him, we'll never be put to shame. We'll never stumble and fall. We'll find the rough places of life made plain if we believe in the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I do a Bible study uh, called The Four Priorities with some guys here at church. I know there's a lot of you in here today that have probably gone through that. Maybe you're, you're in the midst of it right now, but uh, it, it's a great discipling tool. And there's a list of questions that my group always goes back to. I always point us back to them. It's on page 97 infamous page 97 at the end of our meeting we go through this list of questions have you done this wrong thing or have you done this sinful thing and and we we answer honestly we say yes I have or no I haven't and we hold each other accountable for for that list okay but I think that sometimes we miss out because we don't ask ourselves you know maybe we're saying what did we not do but we're not asking ourselves what did we do What did we do that's on God's path of righteousness? What did we do uh, to please him, to show that our desire is his desire, okay? Maybe we need to be asking ourselves things like, hey, when's the last time you fed somebody who was hungry? Maybe I need to ask myself, when's the last time I, I clothed somebody who was poor? Maybe we need to ask ourselves, um, hey, when is the last time I served somebody other than myself? When's the last time I helped a widow or an orphan in need? Those are questions we need to ask because it's from God's word. That's a path that God 
would be pleased with, okay? So if, if we're waiting, if we're praying and saying, God, please show us the path you have for my life, but we haven't gotten a clear answer yet, I guarantee you, you go out and you start serving somebody, he's going to put a fire in your heart. The Holy Spirit is going to direct your path and show you, hey, this is something God can use you to do to bless somebody else. And that may become a ministry that you get involved with. We have things here at the church that you can get involved with. C4, right? Get involved in, in reaching the community, doing our, our outreach events. Get involved in campus ministry here at the church or, or in one of the schools in Blythewood. You can be on the care team where we uh, help people like, uh, help military families who have spouses that have been deployed. Uh, some of our guys are working with HomeServe, which helps rebuild and, and build homes in the Columbia area. So the, these are all ministries, things that you could be doing, paths of righteousness that God would love for you to be a part of, and then maybe through those things, he will make clear his purposes for your life. But how do we know that? Like, how do we know what God's way is? And instead of looking to false gods of, of culture and media and advertising, and, and what man's ideas are of, of what's right and what's good, we've got to look to God. We've got to look to his word. We've got to pray and ask him. So the first thing I want us to do in 2018 is seek God's way. And next, we need to seek the truth. Seek the truth. Let's look at verse 5. It says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. You know, it's interesting, uh, if you've ever heard of George Barna, he does a lot of research and statistics uh, in the Christian church. And he, <clears throat> excuse me, he did a survey a couple years ago where he reached out to people and uh, surveyed those who, who said that they were born-again Christians. And he asked them um, to either agree or disagree, or they could even say, I don't know the answer, um, to some statements. The first of which was, the devil or Satan is not a living being, but is a symbol of evil. So, surprisingly, 48% of born-again Christians agreed that Satan is only symbolic, or that they didn't know. Okay, so should it be surprising then when he, he asked them to either agree or disagree with this statement? He said, uh, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, and all others pray to the same God, even though they use different names for God. And again, they were asked to agree or disagree. And 60%, 60% of born-again believers agreed with that statement. Okay? So you see, not even, not even Christians, not even people who, who claim to be you know, on the path with God, following Him, seem to even know the truth about what His Word says. And that's a problem. That's a problem in America. That's a problem in our world. But God has revealed Himself to us in the truth of His Word. And we're simply ignoring his divine word, and we're choosing whatever truth just makes us feel good. All right? God says in Isaiah 45, verse 18 and 19, about who he is, he says, For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in a land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. 
You see, God is true. God, everything that he has said in his word is right, okay? And, and that's like, you know, I'm planning a trip. Me and, me and my wife are talking about going up to, to Norfolk, Virginia, to visit my sister and her family up there. And in our planning, you know, I've, I'm trying to figure out what the best way to get there is. So my sister, because she's traveled that road several times, would probably say, you know, taking I-20 to, to I-95 is pretty much a straight shot. You know, once you get up to, to near Norfolk, it's just a little ways off of I-95. But as we're planning, what if I called my sister and I said, hey, uh, we're planning this trip, and I thought it'd be great if, if I took I-26 up towards Greenville and then took I-85 through Charlotte and then Greensboro and then over to Richmond and then kind of came down south to Norfolk, all right? I would hope that she loves her dear brother enough to tell him that that would probably add an extra three hours to my trip with four screaming kids in the car. So I would hope she'd spare me that a little bit and tell me the truth, which is that I-20 to I-95 is the easiest way. We do the same thing, though. We hear people say something that they believe in. We hear an opinion that's not based in Scripture, but we don't say, well, look, let's compare that to, to what God's Word says. Let's see what the Lord has to say about this issue. We just let them go on living blindly, believing that that truth, you know, their truth is the right thing. You know, God's laid out for us the fact that he is the one true God. He is a jealous God. He is holy and he's righteous and he is the creator God. And he brings judgment. But the great thing is he also brings healing. So why do we dance around those facts when we have it in black and white right here? Okay? I think part of the reason is that because we don't read it. We don't know what it says because we haven't read it. If you grew up, uh, maybe you guys were in the Methodist church or the Presbyterian church growing up. I, I did a short stint in both when I was in college. And there I got acquainted with what's called the Apostles' Creed. You guys familiar with that? And while we don't, you know, it's not big in the Baptist world to use creeds. I don't really know why. I was talking to somebody out, out in the lobby uh, before this service about that. I'm really not sure why we don't do creeds, but... I think they are a useful tool because they point to truths in God's word about what we believe. And it keeps it on our lips. It keeps it in our hearts and in our minds so that we can tell people, hey, this is what I believe as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm going to say it right here. And you know, if, if any of you Methodists or Presbyterians or other denominations would like to join me, feel free to do that. All right, but it says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic or the Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So those are some basic truths, okay, from Scripture about what we believe. If there's things you disagree with in that statement, if there's things you, you've heard other people say that are from the Bible and you have, you have a disagreement about that, you know what? It's on you to find out what the truth is from God's word. 
And the cool thing is, we have all kinds of tools these days that are available to us. That technology, you know, we can look up anything in an instant. If you have questions about something like the virgin birth, look up on Bible.org or BibleGateway.com and, and you can find answers to those questions. You can find scriptures that relate to those topics. Don't rely on what someone else tells you. Find it for yourself in Scripture. Seek out the truth of God's Word. You know, some of us, I think we know the truth, but sometimes we like to bend it a little bit. We like to bend that truth. You know, let me give you an illustration. To please his father, there was a freshman who was going to college, and um, he had no real athletic ability but his dad was a great runner back in his college days, and he kind of wanted to please his dad, so he said, all right, well, I'm going to go out for track. So on his first day, they put him in a two-man race against the best mile runner in the school. All right, so it was just him and this other guy, and he was badly beaten. But not wanting to disappoint his dad, the boy wrote home as follows. He said, you'll be happy to know that I ran against Bill Williams, the best miler in school. He came in next to last, while I came in second. You think he was bending the truth a little bit? Yeah, and sometimes we like to do that, but you know what God's word says in Deuteronomy 12, 32, it says, whatever I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to nor take away from it. But how often do we bend the truth to favor our beliefs or our feelings despite what scripture says? And I think a good way of, of sharpening ourselves in knowing when we're doing that is to be around other believers, other people who know the Word of God and live it out. You know, be part of one of our V groups. You'll get together, you'll gather with people, you'll talk about the issues that come up in Scripture, talk about how you can apply these truths to your life, all right? Because we don't want to just know what the truth is, we want to live it out, we want to do that thing. So how do you know when you step outside of God's boundaries of truth? And how do you know when you're on his path? Read his word. It's as simple as that. Don't let other people tell you what the truth is. Don't be influenced by culture or the news. You know, our verse says, guide me in your truth. Who is your? It's God. It's God's truth. It's not my truth. It's not the world's truth. It's his so we've got to read the Bible and we've got to know for ourselves. We've got to stop being lazy when it comes to knowing the Bible. It's like my, I told my boys the other day. They had made a huge mess in their room and I, I came up and I was just like, whoa, hey, like what happened? You know, who is responsible for this? And you know, immediately they're all like, he did it, he did it, you know, he did this. And I'm like, guys, but what, what did you do? What are you responsible for in this situation? And it's going to be the same for us. When, we, when we're standing before God's judgment seat, right, we can't point the finger and say, hey, it, it was my spouse, or, or hey, it was my friend, okay? No, it's my decision. It's what I believe. It's the truth that I accepted, and I've got to take responsibility for those truths. Are they based in the truth of Scripture? So in the new year, I want us to seek God's way. I want you to seek truth. And last, I want you to seek the Savior. Let's look in verse 5 through 7. It says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. 
Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. You know, I know one of my favorite things to do as a kid, and, and my kids love to play hide-and-seek, okay? Uh, you know, I've got four kids, and sometimes we'll have three or four neighborhood kids over at the house, and they'll all be running around the house playing hide-and-seek. Someone will count. They'll all, you know, take off running. And uh, the other day, Landon, nobody could find him. For like 10 minutes, everybody's walking around the house. Landon, you won. You can come out now. Landon, you know, 10 minutes of this, and, and he's nowhere to be found. I don't know if he, like, fell asleep in his hiding spot or if he was just reveling in the fact that, ha ah, you know, I finally got him. You know, they can't find me. So he finally popped out uh, after, after some time. But, uh, you know, isn't it great that God isn't that hard to find? Isn't it great that all it takes is us calling out his name and he's there with us? And he's revealed himself to us through his word. We just need to immerse ourselves in it, and we'll find him. You know, Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, I know you've heard this before, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. We find him in the world around us, right? We find Jesus uh, through the compassion people show us, through kind acts that people um, you know, do towards us. We find Jesus um, in the birth of a newborn baby, the miracle of life. You know, we just had a friend that had a baby. What an amazing thing to find, uh, you know, the Lord in that. We see examples of Christ all the time in the marriages around us that are, uh, that are an example of Christ's love for the church. What a great thing that, that Christ is not hard to find, that our Savior is just one call away. So what have you been seeking in life to give you meaning and purpose? Because there's no greater purpose than bringing glory to God and to, and to point others towards Him. You know, we spend so much time hoping other things will save us. You know, I'm not just talking about salvation here. I'm talking about, you know, just circumstances of life. We, we look at, you know, we look for things like the next big tax cut to save us from debt. We look for something like a relationship to save us from loneliness. We look at, you know, buying the, the next house or the nicer car to save us from feeling like we're less than somebody else. But that wasn't God's desire for our life. His desire was to make himself known to us and that we would be saved by him alone. You know, Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life. He is the one who saves us, and the road to our salvation is paved with the blood of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to fulfill our purpose in life and find meaning, we need to know him. We need to trust him. We need to have confidence in him like David did. We need to have faithfulness. We need to be um, confident that God can handle those things in our life. You know, I, the, the best part for me in this verse where, is where David says in verse 7, Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness. So David's saying, look, please God, don't remember how I've messed up in the past. And the great thing is, he won't. He won't remember those things. 
How many of you guys have been rebellious this year towards God? How many of you guys have done things, have done things your way instead of God's way? I think all of us could probably raise our hand to that at some point in this past year. Let's make the effort. Let's commit to doing things God's way and seeking the Savior, okay? No matter how bad your actions are or, or your thoughts are towards him, he's faithful to forgive us. He's longing for you. And in, in his goodness, in his goodness, he's going to shelter us from the consequences of those actions, of that sinfulness. And it's only through the Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to close with a verse from Isaiah 45. God says through Isaiah, There is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, by me every tongue will swear. You see, there's no one else that can save us. It's only through Jesus Christ. There's no other name by which man can be saved. And God knew that we, we were weak. He knew that we'd be enticed by the things of this world to seek after those things to save us instead. But we've got to turn to him, okay? We've got to repent. We've got to decide, I want you, God, to be the desire of my heart in 2018. I want to seek your ways. I want to seek your truth. And I want to seek you, you as my Savior, putting all other idols aside, putting all other distractions and commitments aside. Choose to follow Christ over these next 12 months. As we close, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. And as we pray, maybe, maybe we need to ask forgiveness. We need to say, God, I, I've done things my way too long. God, forgive me of those things and help me seek you in this new year. Maybe you don't know the truth. Maybe you're struggling right now. You're thinking, I, I don't even know this Jesus. How do I even have a relationship? How do I receive forgiveness? I want to pray for you right now that the Holy Spirit would work in your life, that, that you wouldn't be uh, afraid or, or ashamed to reach out and say, I have questions. Fill out that connection card in, in your bulletin. Let us know that you want to know more about following Christ. And we want to be in contact with you this week. Maybe you're ready to give up. You're ready to surrender. You're ready to bow to his lordship in your life and say, God, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm weak. I can't do it anymore. He wants to take that burden off of you today. Simply pray with me right now. You just say, Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. Lord, I've messed up. I've done things my way, but I'm trusting in the blood you shed on the cross to forgive me my sin. I want to follow you from this day forward. Help me to live in your paths and in your truth. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.